the podcast. Anything that you want, no, we got that. Sports, we got that. Joke, we got that. We just getting started, so don't turn me down. Stop that. From LA all the way to the A. Maddie and Cohen got so many things to say. Switching up the topic quick as I switch up the flow. So make sure you pay attention. Okay, ready? Here we go. It's the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Degenerate Sports Podcast number 94. As Cohen said before, this is the Marcus Weir episode or the Charles Haley episode. And I am joined by the man. It was his birthday yesterday. And, and let him do his introduction. Matty Goldberg, it was my birthday yesterday. Um, thank you for noticing. Thank you for wishing me a happy birthday. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know who this is, this is the Michael Rappaport of the South. This is Podcast Poppy. This is the professional devil's advocate. And this is the Johnny Sins of Podcasting. My name's Cohen Hughes. Joining you and Matty Goldberg via Skype. I'm in Smyrna, Georgia, where the Braves play. Um, it was my birthday yesterday. Me and my dad played some golf. I uh, got sunburnt. And um, that's about the end of that. Matty Goldberg, what's been going so, on? So, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. So on your birthday, when you're, how old are you now? 23. Okay, so on your 23rd birthday, where most kids rage like a maniac, your highlight, and I, and I, look, it's a very sweet moment to play golf with your dad, but you're telling me you didn't crush some beers? You oh, didn't I, go I, I, some I, I, I crushed some beers, but at night I just kind of chilled out because I go out every other fucking night of the year, you know? I don't really need to go so out. So it doesn't birthday. really matter. It's just another uh, day. Birthdays aren't really no a huge late. deal for me. Um, not, I just, not, not that you're going to tell me anything, but no ladies. Man never kisses and tells. Oh, God. Say you like baseball if you got lucky last night. I like football. Jeez Louise. All right, I'll, I'll just get to the sports because I can't squeeze shit out of you. Nope. You know what I mean? I can't get anything out of you. I want some hot stories. I want I, some orgy stories. I want some threesome stories. I'm Fort Knox over here today. I want, I want some hand job at a Chick-fil-A story. That'd be pretty classy. No, no hand jobs at Chick Fil A. Uh, I want a story of you and Brad Meacham tag teaming a girl at karaoke. I don't think there's nobody there to tag team. It's literally me, Brad, and the yeah, bartenders. Yeah, I, I did see that. Yeah, Brad just rapping by himself. I love Brad. I can't wait to meet him in Vegas. All right, I'll let. I'm gonna let you off the hook. Thank you. It's Saturday morning. The weather's Thank miserable. You. And I guess I know you want it, and we guess we gotta go. You know, the NBA season doesn't really end after the championship because it goes right into the draft. They don't want you to forget about the NBA, so they do the draft like pretty much two weeks after the season ends or a week after. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, not a it, lot of surprises. No, um, we we all knew that Zion was gonna go first to the Pelicans. Um, yep. And, and and we knew pretty much that number two was going to be John Morant going to the Grizzlies. You think this is just like a two-team, two-guy draft? It just seems like there's two guys top-heavy, and then the rest is a crapshoot. Maybe in terms of hype, because there were a lot of people that downplayed the um, the draft two years ago. 
And even last year, really, where um, you see, oh, it's just between Doncic and and Trey Young, but we got guys like Marvin Bagley, you know, like DeAndre Ayton, you know, we got other guys that kind of showed their faces throughout the rest of the year and kind of made a name. I don't think Ayton had a good season. Did Uh, Ayton have a good? He 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 was okay. He um he was on. Let's see, I have his notes right here. He was on sixteen point four points per game. Um, pretty good 60% true rookie. shooting percentage his usage rate was really low but I just kind of chalked that up to bad coaching in Phoenix yeah um, so Zion goes number one to the Pelicans <coughs> kind of replacing AD yeah uh, now what happened they had a fourth pick but they traded it to the to the to the Hawks or, yeah 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 to the Hawks um, this was one of the Hawks' grand scheme kind of. We have so many draft picks and so many expiring contracts and so many young players that we can kind of play shop and we can kind of move up a little bit if we need to and kind of throw away some of these compensatory picks that we've received in other trades, so to uh, speak. The Knicks get reddish. Barrett, RJ Barrett. Three. RJ Barrett. RJ reddish. Barrett. My bad. Yeah. So they get Barrett number three. Who I thought has. Tons Four. of potential. Yeah, yeah, tons of potential. I, I mean, of, of course, I think he's the right pick at number three. Um, yeah. To me, to and and I know what you're saying because this draft class does seem top heavy. It seems like the guys from three to ten are all the same guys. You know, like you have no, three and no three guarantee. And, no, yeah, yeah. So I. Personally, like if I was like if I was a, a GM or something, I would have maybe taken a chance on Jackson Hayes, you know, the center, yeah. kind of shake it up a little bit, you know, kind of. Yeah, but you know, I don't like big guys. men. Big men can only give you so much. Yeah, and big men are a thing that you do have to kind of wait until they prove themselves in the league and kind of buy them in free agency and kind of. I, I mean, even even a guy like Aiton, like he's got a ceiling, like he's got a ceiling. Whereas you get like a, a guard or a small forward. They have potential to be a superstar. Mm, of course. I mean, you can get a, a, you know, the guy Mitchell on your team, the Jazz. He was drafted later. I mean, 14. because he's a guard, he has a chance to be a big time superstar. Mm. It's kind of like starting pitchers. Like if you ever go on DraftKings, the starting pitchers are always the most expensive players because they touch the ball the most. The, the exactly. guards are the ones who bring the ball up the court, and they're the ones who you know have the chance to make a name for themselves in yeah. the half the court where they're the only ones touching the ball. I thought the Celtics had a great draft. They got a lot of players that, like, who knows if they'll be good in the NBA, but they were great in college. Yep. And that's kind of uh, Brad yeah. Stevens' kind of MO. He's bringing yep. the college kind of, you're replaceable. Let's all be a team. Let's all be a unit. You know, kind of like move the ball. Let's not get fixated on one, you know, identity. Let's be fluid in the season. That kind of college mentality. So, they yes. got Carson Edwards. Yes, he's going to be really well, good. And they got one of the guys from Virginia, right? One of the white guys from Virginia. Yeah, yeah I saw that. What What do you think of the two guys that there's taller? The, the guy from Texas Tech and then the guy from Virginia who were drafted early. I, Culver? You know, they have all this Hunter Hunter, and what is that? Yeah, like Culver? DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter and Jarrett Culver, yep. Okay, I just don't know about these guys because sometimes you'll watch them and they look just amazing. They'll score like 10 points in two minutes, and they're like, wow, these guys have NBA talent to score. Mm -hmm. And then they don't score for 20 minutes. Yeah, um, and my big shake against college basketball is the – well, college sports in general, I guess, really, is the humongous discrepancy in terms of talent on your team and talent on the opposing team. 
So yeah. one game you're watching Jarrett Culver slice up Hofstra, mm-hmm. and then the next day you see him get shut down by you know Vanderbilt or, Vir- or Virginia. Well, he, or, was, he was he was shut down by Virginia for the most part in the championship game, uh-huh. and that's a situation where like if you're a, a pro scout, you're like this is the game where I want this guy to thrive. Yeah, you know this is a this is a big time game, and I want to see this kid take it over. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. He was getting shut down, and he was, he was putting up bad shots and getting frustrated and turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. And I will say this that, about DeAndre like, Hunter: um, he, I think he'll be okay, um, especially with the Hawks. They have kind of the young nucleus, and they're starting to do things right. Um, he makes his living on, on on the perimeter, plays really good defense, has good range. You know, can 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 split, can be a nice slasher. Um, I think yep. his game is adaptable, you know, like coachable, kind of like fluid enough to be in the NBA. Um, yeah. I could see him working out. Um, the Culver guy, I hate I hate Big 12 teams in any college sport yeah. because you don't know what the competition level is because there's a huge discrepancy, especially in the Big 12. Um, yep. And I hate to, you know, cherry pick that kind of, oh, this kid, he didn't play competition, but this kid did. It's, it's hard to tell. But mm-hmm. – Jarrett Culver has less of an ability to or less of a probability to succeed strictly because he's going to the Suns and Hunter mm. is going to the Hawks. So that's where I like one more than the other in that case. Well, there you go. And one was picked before the other one. But again, true. we don't know. No, None don't. of us know. The experts don't know. Mm-hmm. One of these guys might break out to be a star. We do know that Zion Williamson is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I like the pick. I think the Pelicans will be really good. Um, I I like the guys that they got from the Lakers to kind of bring new energy to the team. Mm-hmm. Be a yep. playoff team next year already. Uh, let's not get crazy. Um, it is the West. Who? I'll ask you one last question. Who had the best draft? I know it's not like the NFL where you have seven picks. But who do you like? Wow, they're going to be a lot better next year. Um, the Hawks, most definitely. Um, they ended up. Now are you are you going to root for the Hawks on the low key because you are an Atlanta guy, or are you just maybe them? maybe I will. My big knock with the Hawks always is the fact that they don't, especially the past what four years, they haven't done things necessarily the right way. I think the yeah. tanking thing is unforgivable. Um, I if I was a Hawks fan, I would be totally embarrassed and you know, crying. It, it's took yep. them four years to get to where they can just now rebuild the right way because now they've drafted sure. well and now they've just started getting rid of bad contracts and taking on you know bad contracts to get through the year. The Hawks had yep. the best draft because, A, they added the, the, the most guys. They had the most bodies added in the draft. B, because they had the most picks in the top 15 or top 17 is what it was. So yeah. I think they definitely made it, made some good moves. Um, they're on the swing up. Trey Young and John Collins will have some help this year. The Hawks probably in the East will be a playoff team. That is like a it seems that, that's it like a hot take around here. They're trying so hard to make it a relevant team too in that area. Mm-hmm. It is like they um, really want people. To, I mean, the Hawks used to be such an afterthought, and it was just like, yeah, the NBA is not that. You know, it's like a place where you always go. It's like a quarter full of the, the stadium. To, to your point, um, the Hawks. I think after the Spurs missed the playoffs in what uh, 2015 or whatever, 
the last time mm-hmm. they missed the playoffs, the Hawks actually had the longest active playoff streak in the NBA, like 10, 10 years in a row. Well, and there you go. And, and nobody an would even know that. They're still an afterthought. Nobody would even know that. Um, just to Unless wrap you're up, you're a dr- diehard Penlin Hawks. Fan. Yeah, literally. And he and he even has a has a side chick, the Houston Rockets. So the Hawks are most definitely an afterthought in this town. Um, I absolutely, you know, don't like the Hawks. I don't hate them or despise them or anything, but I, yep. I, I definitely, I don't like the Hawks. I will be going to more Hawks games this year. Um, they will kind of soften up in my heart because they are kind of starting to rebuild things the right way. Just to sure. wrap up the draft, um, Kobe White at seven goes to the Bulls. Jackson Hayes, the guy that I wanted a team to reach for just to have a difference in position and kind of shake things I've up. I've seen him play. I like him, but I don't know. You know, like centers don't really last long. Yeah, and he and he also went to the Pelicans. So him and Zion, yeah. both picks in the top ten. Pelicans had a very good draft as well. Yeah, they had the best draft. It was, it was a softball at one, of course. I mean, like you had to. Like, yeah. It would be the worst franchise in yeah, history if no brainer. Zion. But um, I think they had – I think. Two or three more picks in the top forty or fifty. Um, mm-hmm. I like Rui Achimura. That was pick ninth out of Gonzaga in the Wizards. Yeah, he's a good player. He he's is. a very solid, good, good player. And the Wizards um, are definitely going to get some help from John Wall and Bradley Beal there. Um, and the last pick I'm going to talk about is Cam Reddish going to the Hawks out of number ten. Um, I think he slipped. He. I, I was about to say the same thing. He slipped. I'm not saying that I think that he was a top ten player because he definitely was because everybody's just a face in this draft. But yeah. there were a lot of guys that had him at, at, at four. Where DeAndre Hunter got yeah. They th- when three, the season was there. going when the season was going with Duke, you know they're like they have three top five picks. Yeah. And it, as it as uh you know when Zion was down, you know reddish and. Uh, what's the other guy's name again? Sorry, yeah. R.J. Barrett. They just didn't pick up the slack. No, they didn't. And then even in the tournament, and you're like, well, this is the time to thrive. I, I was about to say, that that was they where were, the they most frustrating. Show up. Mm, they didn't show up at all, and it Zion couldn't have looked more missing. You know, like... Well, Zion was moment. great. Yeah, yeah, no, but like you could tell he's the only one out there. Like You could tell like if you miss him, it's, yeah. it's done. But it just, showed, it, just, it just showed that Zion deserves to be number one because... He's on a team with two guys that have immense potential that were underachieving, and he was carrying that team. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's the guy I want. Obviously, he's the number one pick. I mean, you can make a case for Moran if he turns into a, a you know, like a Leonard-type player. Yeah, Mer- yeah Moran will be fine. Like. He'll be good. But, uh, yeah, definitely Reddish slipped to 10. But he's got the potential. Mm-hmm. And, and no matter how me or you feel about Cam Reddish as a player, me and you can agree that he's a steal at 10 because he was supposed to be a top five pick. Absolutely. If he gets his shit together, he's a top five guy at number 10. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other guy that really sparked my interest, um, I know Taco Fall wasn't taken uh, because of his health issues and lack of exposure. Ugh. But Bowl Bowl was taken it's at 44. It's a time. It is. It is. I don't think these guys can survive in today's NBA. Bowl Bowl. Are, are you going to only... get mad at me if I talk about the 90s? Nah, nah, the 90s is recent enough. I'm just sorry you talking about the 60s. Listen, there was, there was and, and a guy. Grass. There was a white dude, Mormon guy, named Sean Bradley. I don't know if you remember. Uh, yeah. He was 7'6". Yeah. Hell yeah. And, and, and back then, you know, he played one year at BYU. He was kind of religious. Uh, but back then, you're 7'6". You're just like, oh, get this guy in the NBA. Literally. I don't even care if he can play or Literally. not. Literally, he could trip over his own shoelaces and we want him. Yeah. I, mean, I think he was picked third. 
and overall, and it was a big deal, and yeah. he was going to be the savior of, of 76. He just sucked. Did he play for uh, he just, Supersonics, too? Yeah, he played for the Nets. Mm-hmm. He was just awful. Like, he's just yeah. a bust, and yeah. it's just funny because, like, a guy like Taco Fall, hey, man, 20 years ago, you would have been a fucking multimillionaire. Now you can't even yeah. make the draft. Well, like his dad, Manute Bowl, he was a absolutely oddity, you know? Like he would like oh, ball fans. ball. Yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. Well, him and I was in the same yeah. kind of kind of breath. Yeah, Manute Ball played for a while. He was. I think you know, he actually kid, owes the I... record for most three pointers shot by a seven foot player. Possibly, yeah. Kevin Durant. I, mean, I, I, I think Kevin Durant's official classification is like six eleven, six ten. So, yeah. I think that's the record that Manute Manute holds. When I was a kid, I was just so fascinated by Manute Ball. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever he would get in the game, I just have to watch. I, you know, yeah. like, what is this guy? 100%. But they don't really like it. You know, they don't believe in guys like that. They just think they're t- too slow. I don't. They don't really. You can't really. You can't do that much defensively. Yeah, you can block shots and protect the three-foot area around the rim, but that's all you can do. The health issues is, is really the the smoking dagger for me, you know. Like, I can't. Well, I feel for him. Yeah, it, it it's even gotten to a point to where you don't want to have to know that this guy's going to miss 30 games this season no matter what. And that's being, you know, conservative. Well, I think we'll get a shot with the team eventually. He, will. And... he, um, he was drafted by the Nuggets, um, and they got that pick from the Heat. Gotcha. Which is a segue into my next point. This is the last draft topic we will talk about because I see you over there squirming in your chair. Um, well, I'm always squirming. It has nothing yeah. to do with you. Um. Isn't it weird how the NBA does the draft? Like, let's say that, you know, let's talk about the Hawks and Lakers pick, DeAndre Hunter. He was still wearing a Lakers hat, even though he was drafted for the Hawks. Like, it was the Hawks pick from the Lakers. The NBA draft still makes him wear the Lakers hat. Isn't that, like, so weird? That makes zero sense. Yeah. um, I remember, like, Donovan Mitchell, his um, draft photo was in a Denver Nuggets hat. Um, so was Rudy Gobert's um, because they were both drafted by the Nuggets and shipped off to the Jazz. Wait, hold on. Can you hit pause? My sister's called me. All right. I'll, I'll keep this thing going. Walk away from the mic. But um, the big thing that I thought was weird last night is even in the wording of the sidebar and even, you know, kind of, oh, who's on the clock? What's this team from this team to the Lakers from this team? Why not just go ahead and say this is the Lakers pick? They got it from the Hawks. You know, just 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 you know, in parentheses, make it really simple. And I know it's kind of because of the free agency period. And the NBA doesn't start until July sixth, and this is kind of the great time to where contracts aren't really official yet, so you can still renege if you want to. And you know, nothing's on the books officially just yet. But for a TV presentation standpoint. And from a information standpoint, and from a just a ease of ease of watch standpoint, I there, there needs to be something done about this because in the NFL, MLB, they wear the team the hats of the teams that they were actually drafted by, not by the teams yeah, that they were drafted by, and 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 switch the picks over. You know, just make it simple. Say Hawks pick parentheses gotten from Lakers. I'm back. I don't understand that at all. I don't know even who to contact to get an explanation. Say, my congressman, I can't write my congressman about that one. Um, it's just one of those things like watching it last night to see, like I had people like it. Like, cause I, I was with a few like casual basketball fans on Thursday night who were kind of mm-hmm. asking me like, 
Wait, I thought that was the Hawks pick. Well, it is. But it says the Lakers, and it says it's traded to the Hawks. It says they're in talks, but they've already done the trade. Like, it's the weirdest thing in the world. So, next year, NBA, please fix that up. Um, we need to be able to watch and know who we're actually drafting. I, I don't understand that at all. It is the no, worst thing. No, no explanation. Like, go Google um, Donovan Mitchell draft picture. Go, go Google, like, hella guys, and, and you'll see that they're in, like, different hats from the team that they actually got on their rookie year. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I mean, it's – I don't know. It's just – it's the traded pick. They don't do that in the NFL. No, they don't. I see or, times or where a guy gets drafted by a team, and then a minute later he gets traded and yeah, they switch yeah. hats. You know, no, no, no. Yeah, we're talking about before the fact. The trades have already gone through, apparently, but you know the calendar on the NBA doesn't take effect until July sixth. So, yeah, I have no idea why they do that. Yeah, me too. It's the weirdest thing. Couldn't answer it. But um, next Monday, June fourth, we will be doing the episode after, um, or well, Tuesday actually, we'll be doing the episode. So the NBA awards are on next Monday, nine o'clock on TNT. Um, something I will not be watching. I will be watching strictly because I have, I, I have know guy, you'll be, I have a guy winning an award. Um, you'll be Maddie, wearing a tux. Uh, yeah, I will eating popcorn, drinking beer in my shitty Smyrna apartment. Well, you'll still be wearing a tux. We will, we will, be, we will pick the six main awards for the NBA awards, MVP, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, sixth man, most improved and coach of the year. All right, well, my question is this. Is they don't use through the postseason. No, I mean, it's only a regular season. It's award, so ridiculous. Which I don't like that. I like because they wait until after the season to give these awards out. I would like to see postseason accolades acknowledged. Exactly. Well. They should have postseason awards too. And honestly, like there's, there's an easy fix to this for me. If you don't want to do postseason awards like, like lumped in with the NBA awards, do yeah. the NBA awards in the week in between when the season ends and when the playoffs start. There's a about five days of dead time. Do it. Do it then. But you can't really get players to show up who are going to be in the playoffs. Like, if the awards are in New York City and you're like on Golden State, do you want to fly across the country for two days to be away from your team? Well, no, you don't. Well, to well, be a part, well, no they want the really players to, to show anyway. up. No player. I mean, really the point to... of it. The... But going, the point of this award show is to get the players there. So it's like, you know, they're they're selling a TV show. They're selling a TV show with their players showing up and their personalities. So if you do that, you can't get the personalities. I've seen Tom Cruise accept Emmys via Skype. And, you know, I've seen, you know, who's the guy, George Lucas. I've seen him do the whole video acceptance speech. I mean, remember, this is is a uh, TV show. You know, it's done. It's like the NFL does their honor show. Like, they never did that years ago. But now it's like, let's get our personalities there. Let's get celebrities there. Let's get good looking people there. Yeah. I'm not I don't buy into that shit, but let's go through the awards. Um, we will go in order of least importance. Um six man of the year. Our nominees are Montrez Harrell, DeMontis Sabonis, and Lou Williams. What is weird about this award is there's two clippers nominated for sixth man of the year. See, both of those guys are like to me starters. They yeah. they play starter minutes, but I'll go with uh uh not Harold, but the uh, Lou, Lou Williams. Williams. Yeah, Lou Williams. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm he going... can start on any team. And, and 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 there are nights that he that he will start. That you know, yeah. but but he meets the requirement of only starting you know twenty five or less games. Um, well, they Doc does that so they can play the end of the game. It's like yeah. 
you know, you rest the first eight minutes, and then you come in and you play pretty much the whole game after that. Um, Montrez Harrell had a really um, slow start for shooting. He ended the season actually shooting seventy three percent, highest in the NBA. Uh, he was great his, in the playoffs. Yeah, his, his his surge at the end of the season and the playoffs really doesn't count. And, I mean, it, it wasn't enough to propel him over Lou Will. Sabonis uh, started out really, really hot. Got his scoring numbers up uh, really early, but kind of fills it out at the end of the season. Um, our most improved player nominees are De'Aaron Fox from Sacramento, D'Angelo Russell from Brooklyn, and Pascal Siakam from Toronto. And this is, I think, the hardest award to pick, in my opinion. Well... I don't know. I'll just go with uh, I'll go with Seekum, but uh, this it is a playoff really... award. Well, it does, I mean, they're all pretty even in what they're doing. So, I mean, I don't know. So you Siak- go with it because you know you know more about it than I do. Yeah, Siakam last year averaged uh, points and rebounds seven point three and four point five. This year, he made a huge jump, going from seven point three to sixteen point nine and four point five to seven. Um, but the reason I'm picking D'Angelo Russell is because he went from 15 and a half, five assists, four rebounds to 21, seven and four. Um, He's got a contract year coming up. Good for him. Contract year coming up. Um, and the reason that I did most improved is because Siakam, even though they did win the title and there was more minutes to compete with and more, you know, kind of players to rob for minutes and shots. D'Angelo Russell led the team. He had more maturity with more responsibility. Um, he, was the number one piece of that Brooklyn offensive team, led them to the playoffs with him and Jared Allen. Um, I think he is your NBA most improved player, D'Angelo Russell. There you go. And he's going to make a lot of money. He will. This summer. Um, Rookie of the year, DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, and Trey Young. I'm going to go with your boy in Atlanta. Trey Young? Yeah. I love him. This is a tough one. I love him, too. His season went way better than I thought it would. I was kind of leaning more on the bust side of things because of all the Steph Curry comparisons and all the you know unneeded extra hype. Um, mm-hmm. He ended up getting 18.5 points per game, 28% usage, and 53 tr- true shooting percentage. The only reason that I am going with Doncic is because he had better numbers, more efficient numbers on a, on a bigger usage rate, 21 points per game. Um and 57 true shooting percentage on 32 minutes a game and 31% usage. So he was more, you know, efficient and more shot attempts with a better team and a better conference with a better shooting percentage, better numbers. There you go. There's your answer. Luka Doncic. Um, Luka Doncic. Coach of the year. Is between three guys, and to me, it's only a one-man race. See, but. now you now you can't do the the the, the, the postseason because it's obvious who it is. It, 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 it is. It's postseason. super obvious who it is. If it was a full year award, including the postseason, it's Nick Nurse, a million percent. No other fucking coaches in the consideration. So who's on the nominees without the uh, postseason? Mike Budenholzer, Milwaukee Bucks. Mike mm-hmm. Mike Malone for Denver, and Doc Rivers for the Clippers. I'm going to go with, I guess, your old guy from Atlanta, Budenholzer, just because Milwaukee turned into a dominant number one mm-hmm. seed. But both the other teams completely overachieved, Denver and the Clippers. So I've, I've given Doc Rivers a hard time, but great job coaching in the, this year. In the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And a great job coaching 
you know, a, a scrappy team that one could argue has less talent than the Lakers and had a better, much better season. Yes. Um, the reason that I am going with Budenholzer, same thing with you, is because he made the biggest leap from last year out of almost any coach. Maybe Mike Malone made a bigger leap, but it, it was more of a pretender situation. Like, we could see their obvious flaws. Um, we mm. couldn't see the flaws from from Milwaukee coming from a mile away like we could for, for Denver. He made the biggest leap, and he almost had the same core pieces as he did last year. Added Brooke Lopez's three-point shot, and that's the only thing that changed from last year to this year. Added a bench piece in Eric Bledsoe. He made the biggest leap with the fewest, like, you know, tweaks in personnel. Well, that we both agree on something. I know. Weird, isn't it? Um, Doc Rivers did a great job. I think that he got a lot of extra help from his front office in terms of getting great players and switching out bad bad attitudes and bad identities and switching around money. The front office did, did, did Docker was a favor this year. It doesn't take anything away from what he did, but Mike Budenholzer definitely had the biggest impact out of head coaches in the NBA. If this is a regular season award. Well, it would be Nick nurse. It was the whole I, I, shebang. I, I, I agree hundred percent. And I hate the Raptors, but he wasn't even nominated. He, he wasn't, he was not, even though the Raptors Silly. won, I think the second number, second most games in the NBA this year. Yeah. Not nominated. Not nominated. Um, no respect. No respect. What's the Rodney Dangerfield? You these guys yep. give me no respect. There you go. There's a little comedy there. Yeah, you like that, don't you? Um, I do. We have two awards left to give out on the David Degenerate nice. NBA Awards show. The uh, Defensive Player of the Year Award, which I am the most excited about because, as you know, my man Rudy Gobert is going to win it. Are you going to cry if he doesn't win? Yeah, because he he's a shoe win. He's um he's competing against Giannis Antetokounmpo and Paul George. I don't think Paul George really should have been nominated this year. Paul George is known as a defensive player, and he's a good defensive player. But this year, he didn't even average um, a block a game. Only averaged like two steals. Only five and a half defensive rebounds. Um, he didn't even average half a block this year. On twenty eight, I'm gonna uh, vote. I'm gonna vote for somebody else besides your guy just to piss you off. Okay, I, and, and and I don't think Giannis is in the discussion of being a premier defender in the game. His size does a lot for him, and yeah, he's a great defender. But I don't think he holds a candle to Rudy Gobert or Paul. Is this Monday night? Monday night at nine o'clock. I just want Gobert to lose. I just want to see your face like well, no, all pissed off. There's right? no way he can lose. That's You're gonna write like a ten-page Facebook. You're gonna write a ten-page Facebook post if he loses. Yeah, hell yeah. He's hell. Rudy Gobert is minus three sixty right now. It's pretty sad because on your birthday, I'm sure there's moments you're like thinking about that. What that you Monday know, night? Gobert's gonna win on Monday. Oh, oh, I know he. Is. Your, there's no chance that he does. As your, well, I hope he loses just so you spiral a little. I was about to say that that would be entertaining for the gram and the Facebook, but um, that's not gonna happen. We're not gonna we're not gonna sit here and do it. Gobert, his team had the second-best defensive rating, second-fewest offensive points per games off second-chance looks, second-fewest opponent fast-break points. And a big knock against Gobert last year was that he fouled out a whole bunch. And this year, yeah. he, got, he got his fouls down per game by, by, by a foul a game, and um, he's on he, he's right, right at like three fouls a game. So he's kind of more responsible with, it, with his defensive, you know, abilities. I think he is the best defensive you know, shot 
deflector, you know, kind of shot scarer in the league. I think he gives the most effort in the defensive game in the league. He is your defensive player of the year. He is your defensive player of the year. <laughs> and Rudy the, last, the last award um, that we are going to talk about before we talk about the, the MVP, what is your definition of an MVP? Best stats? Uh, no, the most valuable player. You know, the guy that, like, like the t- one team needs the most. Like, when he's out, the team loses. Mm-hmm. That's 100% what the not, definition of MVP are, should be. Stats are kind of misleading because you can have a Carmelo Anthony score, like, 30 points for the Knicks, and they lose every game. Mm-hmm. And he, Also, plus-minus is a big MVP thing. I look at guys plus minus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know who it should be, so give me the nominees. It's pretty obvious who it is. Yeah, your nominees are Giannis Antetokounmpo, Milwaukee Bucks, Paul George, Oklahoma City Thunder, and James Harden, Houston Rockets. Paul George and Giannis getting two award nominations. Well, um, there's no Kevin Durant. There's no Kevin Durant. Um, That's bizarre. Well, the, the Warriors still do have Steph Curry. True. Um... I mean, with those three guys, I'll give it to the freak. Have to, but that's only because I'm disappointed Harden in the playoffs, which is so not, a, not, not a playoff win. award, which is dumb. and he'll probably yeah he'll probably win because it's the regular season, but mm-hmm. he's not the most valuable player. He really isn't. But I mean, maybe the regular season, I guess. Take, take off um, Giannis, take him off the Bucks. They're a 35-win team, if that. Yeah, yeah, I go with the freak. Yeah, have to. Like, may, maybe 25 games. You know, like, um, I don't think Paul George should be nominated. Um, I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah, um, I'm kind of disappointed that out of the final three that either Kawhi Leonard or Jokic wasn't in. If you take Jokic off of the Nuggets, they're not a great team either. Not saying that he Agreed. should win the MVP, but he should at least have a nomination or Kawhi Leonard, yeah. him or Jokic should be the, the the third man in there with Harden and Green Freak. Well, well, Leonard is very quiet. He plays so quietly because he's not a flashy guy. So he just does damage so quietly and mm-hmm. with such precision mm-hmm. that you forget about him. And then Jokic, it's like you look at him, you're like, look can't at this, be this schmuck. Good. Yeah, yeah. But he the way he facilitates and he controls the game is mm-hmm. is like a thing of art. It is. He is the best, best high post operator in the NBA today. I mean, watching a guy that watching a guy that height pass the ball is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yep, it is. I love it. Uh, My my vote goes for the guy who had twenty seven point seven points per game, um, which was third in the league, twelve and a half rebounds, sixth in the league, six assists, and his uh, per was thirty ninety five, which was fifth in the league. My vote goes to Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. Take him off that team. They are a 30-win team, maybe less. I'm going to go with the freak, too. I just can't go with Harden. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Penland. They can score Chris all Ball. the points in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I yep. can't go with them. They even have still have Capella. Um, and, and and for all the you know cases that Penland tries to make for P.J. Tucker, you would think that he's a fucking all-star. So if, if, if James Harden went down today, the Rockets wouldn't be in the biggest world of hurt ever. You know, they, well, they have some nice players, but they, yeah. you know, Harden definitely helps. I just oh, can't oh, go. Oh, with Harden carries that team offensively. Let's not get it twisted. But they, they wouldn't be in a world of hurt without him. Yeah. Um. Those are our 
NBA picks. And let me just say one more thing about uh, Pascal Siakam. I noticed this as I was going through his numbers before the show. Um, I don't think that his... I think that he definitely improved as a player, and he definitely deserves to win second most improved player this year. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that his uptick in numbers and his uptick in flash and ability and shit that we've seen is due directly due to an increase in minutes and an increase in playing time. D'Angelo Russell... Well, made, wanna, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean. yeah, but, yeah, but D'Angelo Russell made these improvements with about the same usage rate and playing time. Well, I mean, I don't really know what to say about that. I mean, and I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's like no fucking duh. Like more minutes leads to more points, but we want yeah. someone who can rise, rise to that accomplishment independently without rising their minutes. You know. Well, he's also on a good team, and it's like yeah, when you got good team. guys around you, and and when Leonard, Leonard is a beast, he facilitates more shots for you, gets you open more. Exactly, you get more one on ones. You get more guy. You know, you don't. You're not against the best defender. That's open a good stuff way. To, up. I, I could that. that that's, actually, that's actually a good way to put it. His his increase in stats and success isn't directly tied to himself like D'Angelo Russell's is. Well, if you look at like Kyrie Irving, he wanted to be the man of the Celtics, so he's going to get the toughest defender. Mm -hmm. He's going to get double teamed sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then you see what you're made of. Now, when you're on the Cavs and you have LeBron and he's the toughest guys guarding him, you can't double Kyrie, obviously. So he's going to score more. He's going to look better. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, those are our NBA awards. Um, what, what we're going to do is actually on Sunday night, we are going to put them on Instagram and, uh, we right. may do a little, um, betting, you know, me and Maddie may compete with each other to see who gets, uh, well, it'll be a small wager because I don't know. No, I meant, I meant more of sure. like just, just, you know, simulation money. Oh, the hot 100 type. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. Um, are there awards on like the websites for the, uh, the NBA awards. Yeah, yeah. The NBA awards are actually on the website. Um, we didn't pick the fucking, you know, the Arthur A. Ash Courageous Award. You know, like they have like six well, other. Like, yeah, yeah. Community Service Award. You know, like there's Who there's gives a fuck about yeah, the, the community service. I, I, I'm sure if you're a recipient of the of the good that they've done to you, yeah, you would love to have the award. But I'm, I'm being not, silly, you know. I'm being silly. Yeah. But um, me and Maddie, no. We, we're not going to pick those. I don't know much else about the community service in the NBA outside of what I see in Utah and my Atlanta Hawks. That's well, there you go. Um, very, very the, good to the city of Atlanta. Yes. Um, we're done with the NBA. We did a lot of good written down content on the NBA today. Um, we're going to shift our focus towards the MLB. And yesterday, um, while it wasn't the best ML day in history, there, there was a lot of stuff that went on. The longest home run of the year was hit by Nomar Mazzara of the Texas Rangers. Went a whopping 505 feet. It was an absolute. How did the Rangers get so good so fast? Dude, they started the season, what, like 13 and like 25 or some shit like that. And now they're like back in wild card contention. Yeah, yeah, they're playing great. I know. Um, They've been putting up a lot of runs lately. Their pitching is still absolutely near atrocious. They're hitting the ball. They're playing good defense. Um, They still have some good ball players like Elvis Andrews. You know, they still have have some good ballers, but offense is way up this season. Yes, it is for every team, and and that's kind of the point that I was going to get to at the end. Is like we're seeing a lot more of these eleven run games. We're seeing a lot more eight run averages. You know. The way I know is because when I look at the over-unders on games, maybe two years ago it was all seven and a half, eight. Mm-hmm. Maybe every once in a while there was a nine. Yeah. But 
there's so many nines and tens. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the the line for Vegas has gone up by a whole run. That's a lot. Why do a you run and a half? Do you think that's because of the art of hitting and the science of hitting and scouting and being able to see pitches better and stuff like that? Because pitching is obviously yeah. getting better, you know. Or do you think it's the baseballs being juiced? I can't answer. I just think there's trends. Sometimes there's offensive years, and sometimes there's pitching years. Last year was a pitching, but year. I I don't know. Yeah, I really don't. I can't answer that. I, I do I, know that there's. A, I think it, it, it's mostly probably just the, the scouting. I mean, I, I, I hear stories all the time. Oh, the balls back in the day didn't fly this far. Da, 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 da. How bad yeah. can it actually, like, how big of a difference can it actually be? You know, like, what are they putting? Well, who knows? I mean, the balls? like, come on, dog. The, I think what happens sometimes, and I don't, is uh, I'm going down a rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. Uh-oh. Is that when, when the offenses are lower and the games are lower runs, the attendance is down. And then they get scared. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, what do we got to do? Somehow we got to make the balls jump out yeah. a little harder. 100%. You know, get a few more home runs in 100%. there. Because me so, and you, oh, we, just, we would like going to a game to see a you know, two, three pitchers battle. But your average Joe wants to go see an eight to ten home run fest. Yeah, they want to see the longest home run hit. And even in games that I go to, it's well, it's not bad to see home runs. I mean, why, I mean, why would I n- not want to see home runs? But that's a major conspiracy theory. It is. Like, it is. I'm, I'm not 100% on no, that. It's I, just, I definitely agree with you. But there's something to it. There they is. definitely want runs being scored. 100%. Um, the Yankees are back to getting to full platoon strength. Aaron Judge was activated yesterday. Giancarlo Stanton was activated about a week ago. And I think Cameron Mabin is on his way back. So the Yankees are about... 80% capacity at this point. Well, they're Scary, the best team. I predicted they'd win the World Series, even though I hate them. And they'll probably make a big trade for a pitcher. They want to get the guy they say is Clint Frazier, is the guy that can go, who's a good player, a young, yeah. good outfielder. He could be a good so player for this team. So they probably, you know, we'll see if they make a big deal for somebody. But their hitting is just amazing. They're the Red Sox of last season for sure. Matty Goldberg, that was an excellent segue into our next talking point. Andrew Cashman, GM of the Yankees, says that he would, quote, do whatever. Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman, there you go. He, yeah. he, would say, he said that he would do, quote, whatever it takes to get Max Scherzer. Is Max Scherzer on the move? Yeah, I would say so. Why is that? And he's looking, he's pitching awesome. He well, is. the Nets aren't going anywhere. You might as well start over if you can get like a whole, you know, you, you don't need to trade them, but if you can get like three or four or five players to start over, get, you know, because there's no, there's not really a future in the Nets either. It's not like next year they're, they're, they're not a young team. They're going the wrong way. So you might as well. Maybe this was recency bias from early in the year because I almost 100% disagree with you. Um, Max Scherzer got paid $120 million to come over for, what, five years to Washington on his extension? He yeah. has absolutely earned that money and then some. The Nationals, at this point, are one game below 500, 7-3 in their last 10. They've won a lot of games in the summer months. They're going to try to push for one of those wild card spots. I don't think Mad Max is on the move. I think that Max Scherzer plays 
up to his contract 100%. It's not super player-friendly. It's not super team-friendly. And I think that since they've gotten rid of some injuries in the past few months, like Rendon is – or um, uh, Dozier's getting back, you know, like a lot of these off-season acquisitions that they got their hands on are starting to come back. They're starting to beat teams. Like they beat the Braves last night. They're starting to score runs. They're starting to – Put well, runs behind Scherzer and Strasburg starts. Animal they'll Sanchez have a month is to figure it out. They don't have to trade him anytime soon. They have, no, they they'll don't. have a month and a half to figure it out what where they are. So if they don't know where they are, they'll have a month and a half to figure it out. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, I don't think he goes. But I think it, um, if, if, if the month does go badly, I don't you know rule it out. But as of right now, I think the Nats are going to try to you know run it back and compete for a wild card spot. Well, if they're at 500 and by July 31st, they should trade them. Um, Dallas Keuchel did not necessarily impress us in his Atlanta Braves debut. Went five innings, well, four runs allowed, about 103 pitches, um, only like three or four strikeouts. He got out of a humongous jam in the fifth inning that was like bases loaded with like no outs or one out. And if he hadn't got out of that, this game could have been a whole lot uglier. Whole, whole, he needs about four or five starts before, you know, he hasn't pitched in a long time. So he's obviously has a lot of rust. Give it time, give it a month, give it, give it about four or five starts before you start like thinking this is a bust. Yeah. Can't go by one start. He hasn't been out there in a long time. Um, give it time. Don't freak out. <sighs> it's scary, scary thought. This big a deal was made about Dallas Keiko and he could just come back and be, eh. Give it time. I mean, there's a reason why he was hanging around this long. Yeah. If he was that good, he wouldn't be hanging around, just so you know. I mean, people pretty much, they're, the scouts aren't dumb. They knew his arm was kind of dead. So you were taking a shot. Yeah. But I would give it time. But there was a reason why he was hanging out. Mm-hmm. One pitcher that did impress me last night was Walker Bueller. Fan 17 I love him. people. And the Dodgers win. He is the – I saw, you know, I knew how good he was when he pitched against the Red Sox in the World Series. He is the real deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Kershaw retires, you know, Bueller's going to step right in there. It's great scouting by the Dodgers. He's a he's – a, he's got ace stuff. I love him. Mm-hmm. I said put a little money on him to win the Cy Young. Um, he's – you know, now he's starting to come into his own. This might be the year the Dodgers finally win that World Series. God, I hope so. If it, if it, honestly, if it's them and the Yankees when it's all said and done, that'd be a good World what? Series. That is going to be insane. I would love that. Yep. Um, it was the Red Sox. Um, Bueller struck out sixteen Red Sox, and they a... were an insane offensive lineup. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life, even though it was a loss. Yeah. The, fantastic. Uh, the um the one thing that the Dodgers have been kind of uh, salty about lately is the fact that their six, seven, and eight hitters are have been absolutely atrocious. Over the past like week, um, the combination of Jock Peterson, Chris Taylor, and whoever else they throw in that third utility spot will um I think are combined hitting like one oh nine over the past well, they're 10 still days. Winning. They're and, and somehow they're still they're winning. Still winning. Isn't that a scary thought? Mm, they're still winning. I mean, guys go through slumps. You know, sometimes yeah, no, but like for, all the, like, like, like for the rest of us, like run. the people who have to beat the Dodgers, like if, if their six, seven, and eight hitters are hitting 109 and they're still putting up six, seven, eight runs a game, like it's fucking really hard to beat them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, 
They should win the World Series this year, but you never know. They might lose it again, but I think they'll make it. It's them and Yankees that have the two best lineups this year, like almost by yeah. far. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be big ratings, and you know Fox would love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're about done. Uh, I know the, the MLB All-Star Game is using a new voting format this year. Instead of doing fan voting and then coach appointments up until the day of, what they are doing is doing the three finalists at each position, and then the fans will vote to keep two at each position. So a little bit of shakeup from last year. I like this system a little bit better. You know how you can kind of – maybe the Cubs fans won't get to sneak in Kyle Schwarber at, uh, during the last week of the surge of voting. Kyle you know, Schwarber should make the All-Star team every year. That's that's how the Cubs fans feel it and how, that's how Braves fans are this year. the greatest player of all time. Um, if you haven't went and looked at the NL bracket yet, uh, go ahead and go do it. I think there's like seven or eight Braves on there, which is absolutely just a, embarrassing. But, I mean, hey. It's the way that's the, fan the fans goes. vote. Yep. I hate it, but. Put in the fans you know, Hey, hell, let the fans play the last three innings of the All-Star I mean, you're probably the guy back in the day when they gave the All-Star ballot, and you're at the Braves game, you just put down every Braves player, no matter what. No, No, usually what I'll do is I'll grab two. Do one of all Braves players, then do, you know, a real one. There you go. Matty Goldberg, um, I think we're done. I wanted to say I am proud of you. I I didn't hear a single dog bark today. Well, it's pretty quiet, but uh, they will be barking in a minute because this dog is coming at 10 a.m., and... I got to do my jobs, so you know, I'm hanging in there. Got to do Been your stressed, job. but I heard that. Do your job, Bill Belichick style. All right, Matty Goldberg, tell us where you're telling jokes at, and give us some more information. Uh, I don't have any shows lined up, but you can find me on Twitter at Matty Goldberg one and Matty Goldberg on Instagram, and I'm making a really funny short about being a sports handicapper and giving everybody a shitty pick, which I do on this show sometimes. Yeah. And everybody wants to kill me. It'll be funny. Is this the one uh, where the guy like dreams something and then you wake up and you get beat up or whatever? Well, he doesn't beat me up, but he just gets in my face and asks yeah. me why I made a shitty pick. Yeah. And the inspiration for this was your ste- your stepbrother or your brother in law. My brother in law's friend, friend yep. who was a weirdo, who stayed mm-hmm. in my house. Long story. Yeah. Better hope All he's right. not listening to this podcast. No. Well, have a great weekend, everybody. Much love. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Cohen Hughes. You can find me on Instagram at Cohen underscore Hughes. Um, you can find the podcast page at, at TDDPod on Instagram and Twitter. I don't do Twitter. I do Facebook. You can find me on Facebook to search Cohen Hughes. The uh, podcast has a page on Facebook as well. This has been episode number 94, the Charles Haley or Demarcus Ware episode. Uh, we talked NBA awards, the draft, uh, MLB stuff. No NFL to talk about, but uh, we did keep it short for you guys today. So. The bottom of our hearts, thank you for listening. Um, subscribe, like, tweet, whatever the hell it is that you guys do. And um, we will see you next Tuesday for the recap of the NBA awards and this weekend in sports. Thanks for listening.